You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Of course, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Peacock and Williamson. Get your picks, previews, and more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast. All around the NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. The Green Bay Packers opened OTAs to the public yesterday. Media allowed in for the first time. And understandably, the story for some was about who wasn't there. And it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and and essentially the entire receiving core not there, uh, the the starting cornerback group not there. Um, but uh, plenty of the big names were most of the offensive line was there. Uh, a lot of the the key defenders were there. The defensive front players were there. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we're also going to touch on the offensive line a little bit. But I want to start with what I think is the headline from the day. And I don't want us to draw conclusions about the future of Jordan Love on one day of practice. Okay? Because I think that would be foolish. But these are important moments. These are important reps. This is a critical evaluation period for the Green Bay Packers on Jordan Love. And it is a prime opportunity for him to improve. It is a prime opportunity for him to put pressure on the organization to say, hey, look, I am ready. I am here and I am as talented as you think I am. The ceiling that I have is as high as you believed it to be when you drafted me. And I am capable of putting in the work to reach that ceiling. He showed well on day one. It's day one. But by all accounts, including Matt LaFleur's, the ball jumped out of his hands. He was confident. He was smoother. He was more in rhythm. Now, is is any of this a reason to say, hey, let's just move on. We're Aaron Rodgers. Who needs him? We got Jordan Love. No one's no one's making that case. Well, okay, some people are making that case. I am I I don't bring this up to make that case. That's not what I'm doing here. But Jordan Love might be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2021. We cannot rule that out. Now, nothing that has happened over the last 24 hours, over the last two weeks, has changed my belief that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Green Bay Packers quarterback in 2021. And and I've taken a little bit of heat for that. That's fine. I can take it. The Packers are getting an opportunity to see Jordan Love's progress. And it might be that 
it's not the player that he's going to be in 2021. But if you see real progress with a real offseason and real reps in, in OTAs and mini camp and training camp, that if you can see that kind of progress through one year, what is the progress going to look like in year two, year three of real off seasons? Obviously, he's already in year two. And Andrew Brandt, friend of the podcast, brought up a great point. At the end of Brett Favre's career, he was not going to any of these things. He was not going to mini camp. He was not going to training camp. He did not care. And guess what? Green Bay got a great look, an extended look at Aaron Rodgers. And not just that, but he got to take first team reps. He got to throw the ball to first team receivers to play behind number one offensive linemen and to work directly with a head coach and play caller. That stuff is huge. That stuff is important for your franchise, not just for your quarterback, but for your entire team. You, you can't just roll into a season with Jordan Love if he's going to be the quarterback. And again, we don't know if he is, but if he is, you can't roll in as a team with, with this guy as your quarterback and no one's seen him play. Now, the players have seen him practice, but they haven't seen him get first team reps. They haven't seen him work directly with Matt LaFleur. They haven't seen him throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Now, they're still not seeing that because of the situation um, at these OTAs with players not being there. But the more you get to see this guy, the more opportunities he gets to win these players over. He gets a chance to say, hey, look, I'm pretty good too. And if 12 doesn't want to be here, why don't you rally behind me? And then if 12 comes back, he gets to be the conquering hero and everyone goes, great. I don't, I don't foresee a scenario where love is just so transcendent that everyone's just like, yeah, you know what, Aaron, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, they're running the risk of that. And that's not to say that, that love's not talented and can't be a really good player. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is a future Hall of Famer, a three-time MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl winner, and Jordan Love just isn't. And so you know what you're getting from 12. You don't know what you're getting from 10. And, and that's fine. I don't want any of us to live and die by the daily reports of what's going on with Jordan Love. Because there's going to be some good days. And, and by all accounts, Tuesday was a pretty good day. There's going to be some bad days. You know, Aaron Rodgers likes to use camp as a, a testing ground. Hey, can I make this throw against this coverage? Can I make this throw to this guy? Can I see into a crowd? Is this guy going to go make a play for me? And I'm willing to throw interceptions. Well, Jordan Love might not be because he's trying to prove himself. And maybe he's going to get into more check down modes. And maybe that's a good thing because what they're trying to do is train out a little bit of the recklessness, a little bit of the, the gunslinger mentality. You just want to rein that in a little bit and say, okay, live to fight another day, check the ball down, and, and then let's get to second down or third down or whatever it is. This team is going through a lot right now. And it's important to, to have some level of continuity. Got a lot of players at OTAs that are core members of this team, this organization. Aaron Jones, who talked about you know, the rest of his career being dedicated to his late father in an emotional kind of way. Aaron Jones is a pillar 
of this franchise, of this football team. Aaron Rodgers talked yesterday about a, a culture being about people. It's hard to ask for a better person to be a representative of your franchise than Aaron Jones. Then Adrian Amos, who spoke to the media yesterday. Then Kenny Clark, who spoke to the media yesterday. Then Zadarius Smith. Then Preston Smith, who showed up to camp in noticeably better shape than he played in last year. There are still a lot of players on this football team with a lot of things to prove. And a lot of them are still looking for a Super Bowl title. A lot of them are still looking to prove themselves. And a lot of them are still looking to get paid. And so they're they're still fighting for roster spots here. And the last thing you want to distract all of that is for the quarterback that you drafted, that you moved up to draft, that created all of this drama to just look like Cheeks. You, you just can't have that. You can't have that because it creates more turmoil. It creates more uncertainty organizationally, institutionally. So Jordan Love being fine, being reasonable, it's more about the absence of the drama that it would create if he weren't. And and I don't think almost any level of play, I mean, unless all of a sudden we're seeing just like, you know, Patrick Mahomes stuff, you just like pure magic. Unless that starts, it's not going to be, oh, well, maybe the Packers just should move on from Aaron Rodgers because Jordan Love is the guy. There, there is a, there is a sect of fans who are already in that camp. And, and I, I don't know that they're in that camp because Jordan Love is, is so great. It's more about, you know, look, if, if Rodgers doesn't want to be here, then I don't want him here. That seems to be the attitude that I'm hearing from a lot of fans. It's part of the reason why I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back because I think he expected this to go a little bit differently from a fan reaction standpoint. And what he didn't realize and probably should have realized is this happened the same way the last time that Brett Favre wanted to come back. A lot of fans wanted him back, but guess what? A lot of fans didn't. And as soon as Brett Favre left, there were going to be some fans that went with him, but then he went to Minnesota and guess what? No one went with him then. Everyone said, forget this guy. So look, do, does one OTA practice mean that Jordan Love is going to be a good starter? No, we have no idea. But it's it's useful information. Looking good is obviously better than looking not good. Sometimes we can break this down and it's that easy. It's better that that's happening. And not just because it suggests that Jordan Love is making progress and not just that it suggests that Jordan Love can be a good player, not just that it suggests Jordan Love in this offense can work, but because it creates some stability where there might otherwise be instability and where there is, in fact, otherwise instability. It just, it it fills the tank a little bit. With Aaron Rodgers out, it fills that that continuity tank a little bit, that consistency tank, and so you just go, okay, if this is the quarterback, we're going to be okay. And Matt LaFleur told the team and said this to the media. Look, I, I told the guys, control what you can control. That is a lot easier to do when you're not wondering what the heck is going on with Aaron Rodgers. And why would you not be worrying about that if the guy who's currently playing looks good enough? Oh, hey, that's a nice throw. Oh, hey, this guy looks good. This guy looks smooth. This guy looks noticeably better to me. He's making progress. He could be really good. 
oh, maybe I can, maybe I should just focus on myself. I don't have to do anything more than what I'm being asked to do because, hey, this guy, this guy seems to be okay. If this guy sucks, well, now I got to think about this. What are we going to do? Am I screwed? I'm, I'm playing for a contract. What are we going to do here? What's my next move? Do I have to do a little bit more on this rep because this guy can't get me the ball? This all has a, a branch out effects. And we could end up seeing that. I mean, look, it's one day. So, you know, the next four days, love could be terrible. We, we don't know. We don't know. My, what, what I think is important, though, is that this is something that can, can be helpful even if it is the case that I think Rodgers is coming back and I do think Rodgers is coming back. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I can't tell you how many times in a week I'm sitting there at 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30 going, oh, man, what am I going to eat? And what am I going to eat where I don't feel like I have to change what I have for dinner? Or I don't feel like I have to change. Eh, should I have that beer with dinner? No. Bill Bar allows you to have something delicious that helps fill you up that also will not make you feel bad about it. Even if they're all covered in 100% chocolate, they are low sugar, low calorie, high protein, and high fiber. Check these things out. If you've never tried them, change that. Change that. They are the best tasting protein bar I have ever had. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. I do want to talk about the attendance thing. And and look, generally speaking, uh, you know, I'm not taking attendance. This is the NFL. I don't really care. But it is a little weird, right, when none of the top receivers show up. Devontae Adams, not there. Alan Lazard, not there. MVS, not there. EQ, not there. Devin Funches, not there. Some of those guys are fighting for roster spots. They're fighting for targets. They're fighting for roles. And they could have real implications in their future. Matt LaFleur was asked about this. Is this a boycott? Is this related to Aaron Rodgers? He is saying, at least publicly, that it's not. And, and you would think, as a head coach, if the receivers are trying to make a statement, it is not just an internal statement. It is an external statement, a statement that they want heard to put pressure on management. Now, Matt LaFleur, he's, he's not under any obligation to acquiesce to that request. But all of those guys are going to be in training camp. And he's going to want to get the best out of them. And so undermining a boycott would not be in his interest. So I don't think it's a boycott. What I think is happening is a lot of players have decided to listen to the NFLPA and not show up to OTAs. I mean, there are entire teams that are essentially not able to field practices you know, the, the, the players have said, we're not showing up 
because of health and safety protocols, because of this unique offseason that we're currently in. And we just found out, hey, look, uh, these teams are going to be cleared to have, you know, essentially normal off seasons and full capacity in stadiums soon because of the protocols and because of, you know, vaccinations and all that stuff. And that's great. Obviously, it's great. You uh, a packed a packed house at Lambeau once again is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And and not just Lambeau, you know, in in Texas at Dallas Stadium at Jerry World. Awesome. A, a packed house at that that bird killing glass monstrosity in Minneapolis. That's a great atmosphere. A, a mobbed out soldier field is a great place to go have a football game. Philadelphia, Seattle, awesome venues. It's going to be great to have those guys back. But there are a lot of players who are going, I'm in solidarity with my brothers around the NFL. We're not showing up. We're not showing up. You know, the Packers don't have their starting corners. J.R. Alexander, not there. Kevin King, not there. Not because they drafted Eric Stokes. We don't have reasons that they're not there. It's no, there's no drama. No drama there. They're not boycotting. These are optional minicamps. And not everyone is going. And this, this season especially, there are unique circumstances for why these guys are not necessarily showing up. And everyone may have different reasons. It may be the case that some of these guys, hey, look, um, I don't want to. <laughs> Sometimes it's that simple. Yeah, it's, it's optional. Why do I got to go? I'm not going to go. Uh, Devin Funches, you know, in, in a perfect world, he's at these things. He's trying to earn a roster spot. But this is a unique offseason. And so you, you have to judge it a little bit differently. You know, Equinemia St. Brown is out there working out with Jordan Love. Why is he boycotting for Aaron Rodgers? It doesn't make sense. So let's just put that aside until we have real, you know, other than just blind speculation, until we have real evidence that that's what this was. Let's not worry about it. This is a weird offseason. And it continues to be. There is a there is a standoff, not just between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but between the players as a whole, as a as a a, a bargaining body as a union and the NFL. And so that creates a different kind of dynamic in this moment. And, you know, someone like Kevin King, he's been an outspoken advocate for the players. He's been an outspoken advocate in these social justice causes. And it's pretty easy to see him saying, hey, look, I know I'm on a one-year deal, but this is an optional mini camp. And I stand with the NFLPA and we're not showing up. Simple as that. Now, if you're Devontae Adams, what you're what you're not doing is showing up to camp until you have a new contract. There is, there is just no reason for Adams to show up and risk injury. I mean, we just saw what happened with Juwan James. The guy got hurt, not at the team facility. And so the Broncos can just say, Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Not paying you. Now, that's not quite the same with Devontae Adams. He's still under contract, but it certainly hurts his negotiating power if he goes out and has an injury, even just like a, a mild injury. You go out, you have, a, you have an, an ankle sprain. 
And then you come into training camp, you're not 100%. You go into the regular season, you get off to a slow start, and, and now you're taking money out of your own pocket. Why would you do that? And why would you negotiate a new deal until you know the future of Aaron Rodgers? So, yeah, of course, you're not going out there. Now, if you're these other receivers, I mean, essentially everyone else, MBS, guys trying to get a contract. And if Rodgers is not playing, you got to get to know Jordan Love. You got to get on the same page with him. Same with Alan Lazard. Same with EQ. The, these guys would benefit from the reps. And of course, Jordan Love would benefit from the reps with guys who are presumably going to be starting receivers. I just don't want us to overreact to these moments. They don't, they don't mean much of anything. Now, in in a couple weeks, when these mandatory camps start, and it's only a couple days, it's not a huge deal. But the mandatory camps, I think, are going to be a little bit more telling. If people are not showing up for mandatory camps, then, then we can start having those conversations. Right now, I just don't think it's productive to have those conversations. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. The NBA is in its playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, we've got more golf majors, a lot more stuff for you to bet on before the next pitch, before the next tip, before the next opening swing. Go to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, one of the things we've talked about with this offensive line group is trying to figure out how this is going to look without David Bakhtiari. And we got a little hint of it at OTAs yesterday. Elton Jenkins started out as the Bakhtiari replacement at left tackle. Josh Myers, the rookie, was at center. Lucas Patrick at right guard. John Runyon Jr. at left guard. That makes sense. JRJ was playing left guard when Elton Jenkins slid into center. Okay, you move Jenkins out to tackle. JRJ slides in there. You keep Lucas Patrick where he is. You keep Billy Turner where he is. And Josh Myers comes in to compete for that center spot. Royce Newman was playing right guard with the ones he was rotating in. I think they're going to make Lucas Patrick earn that spot. He's also going to compete at center. This is the hint at what we've been talking about since the draft. Matt LaFleur is going to let these guys go compete. But I think the the group that we saw out there is the most likely opening day group that the Packers have. Now, what they do from there is what's more interesting to me. Because once David Bakhtiari gets back, Josh Myers wins that center job. You, You have Lucas Patrick at guard because you think he's best at guard. So that means you basically got three guys competing for two spots. And now it's four guys because Ellen Jenkins will slide back to left guard, David Bakhtiari back at left tackle. And you've got John Runyon Jr., Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, all competing for one spot, really. 
all to see who can play right guard. Now, continuity says whoever wins the right guard job would stay in the right guard job. But it might be the case that the best guard, period, is John Runyon Jr. or is Rice Newman. Now, if it's Lucas Patrick, you keep the continuity, nothing changes, and you're good to go. Now, additionally, how much do you factor in the future here? Because if it's close, if it's close, you know, if it's Lucas Patrick, but John Runyon Jr. is like 96% as good or Royce Newman is 97% as good. Don't you start the rookie or the or the young player in this case, John Runyon Jr.? Don't you start that guy because in 2022, one of those guys is going to be starting, not Lucas Patrick. And so if that guy is nearly as good, to me, you put him out there. And, and understand there's going to be injuries. And so you can slide Lucas Patrick around. You know, Josh Myers might get hurt. You got him at center. One of your guards might get hurt. He can play guard. That also, you know, the, the flip side of that is it might be the case for, you know, just playing Lucas Patrick. He's the best, best guy. And you're probably going to have injuries. So these other guys are going to get their reps as John Runyon Jr. did last year, as Elton Jenkins did as a rookie when he filled in for Lane Taylor, who was lost for the season. Lane Taylor technically won that job. They were rotating in. Ellen Jenkins was getting reps. They were trying to find the best guy. Lane Taylor got hurt and solved those problems. Bob McGinn talks about this all the time. Injuries solve these problems. When you think you've got too many guys at a position, injuries inevitably solve those problems for you. And my guess is that's what's going to happen in a situation like this. But it, it's a great problem to have. A lot of teams are struggling going, oh, man. We got this guy who can play tackle and this guy who play guard. And after that, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I really don't know. I mean, this guy could, could play center, but like maybe he's better at guard. But, you know, this guy, but I don't know because like this guy might not be that good. Like most teams are trying to patch together five guys, whereas Green Bay has got like eight guys. They're trying to figure out their best five, and there might be six or seven different versions of how this could look and have Green Bay play well. So that is a pretty terrific position to be in. Get more of your sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow it. I host it. All the sports news you need in under 20 minutes on the Locked On Today podcast, along with all the experts from the Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out on Odyssey or wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. A lot to get to. Again, we're trying to keep up to date on all the OTAs. There's trade rumors swirling. Who knows what could happen with Aaron Rodgers at any moment. So make sure that you are dialed into what we're doing here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. 